Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another edition of 10,000 Pitches presented by our good, good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. Jason and the team at Stimulus, I cannot say enough how great they are. You're the coach, owner, member of a soccer, baseball, basketball, ultimate frisbee team or club, and you're looking for someone to hook you up, outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices, you look no further than Stimulus Athletic. Just look what they're doing with the Anguilin national team. If you don't know, follow info underscore stimulus on Twitter, at info underscore stimulus, and check out the jerseys and apparel that they are selling right now on behalf of the Anguilin national team. These are the same jerseys that the national team wore during their FIFA World Cup qualifiers. They chose Stimulus for their jerseys, for their backpacks, for their on-the-field, off-the-field apparel. And they were so happy that they were actually selling that merchandise. And you can check it out right now. Again, follow Stimulus on Twitter at info underscore Stimulus. It is the pinned tweet right on the top of the page. Click that link and shop. I mean, you, you'll see it when you get there. The stuff looks unreal. It looks amazing. And you can wear it. You can rep it yourself too. So go check that out. And again, if you're one of those coaches, if you're one of those players, if you're one of those members, that's just a one example of the quality that Stimulus can provide you. And again, they do it at very affordable prices. So if you are in the market to have your club outfitted by Stimulus Athletic, go to StimulusAthletic.com, click that design tab, click that get started button, and start your amazing process with Stimulus Athletic today. Do not forget to tell them though, make sure you do this so we get the credit for it that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Okay, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome in another edition of 10,000 Pitches presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Make sure you check out StimulusAthletic.com to see how you can outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. And also give them a follow on Twitter at info underscore stimulus. Right now they have a really cool sale going where they're giving away some of the great Anguilla national team jerseys and merchandise that the team wore during their uh, World Cup qualifiers. Great stuff over there, so make sure you give them a follow. What's up? My name is Jeremy Rushing. We're at episode 44. Uh, thank you so much, whether this is episode number one or you've now listened to all 44 episodes or you're anywhere in between. Do very much appreciate it. Um, if you don't already subscribe, I would very much appreciate that. Let's you know exactly when we drop a new episode. Gets you right in, the, right, gets it right in your feed uh, every Friday morning uh, for your uh, listening pleasure. Also, rate and review the podcast if you could. Uh, ratings and reviews are huge. It's like an algorithm thing where the more ratings and reviews you get, actually, the better the podcast is placed on all the platforms. It's actually the most important thing we can do to have our uh, you know exposure optimized, basically. So if you haven't left us a rating and review, go please do that specifically on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you haven't checked out our recent interviews, I would highly recommend doing that. Last week, had a double interview episode with Augsburg men's soccer coach and BV United executive director, Greg Holker. And then I talked with Bloor FC's president, Adi Balani, and one of their players and secretary, Vincent Knox. So two great conversations last week. And then two weeks ago, probably one of my favorite conversations I've ever had regarding soccer, former U.S. men's national team, Bundesliga, and MLS standout, St. Paul's own Tony Sané 
joined the show a couple weeks back as well. So some great interviews over the last few weeks. Definitely go check those out if you have not. Speaking of great interviews, two of them coming your way this week. Another dual interview episode. And we're going out west. We're going to the Dakotas this week. Sioux Fall Thunder owner and GM Daniel Haggerty and Dakota Fusion Executive Director Tyler Epping and their owner, Sajid Gori join the show. So two separate interviews with Sioux Falls Thunder and Dakota Fusion about the upcoming NPSL season. The Fusion also have a WPSL team uh, on the women's side too. So talk to them a little bit about that. So those are coming up a little bit later on in the show, but as always time to welcome in Mr. Ethan Brandt. Ethan, what is up, man? Hello. Uh, good to be back. You know, same old, same old over here. Yeah. Nothing, nothing big going on. Uh, nothing big, nothing oh, big. Okay. Um, all right, fair enough. Just just, well, just hanging out, just chilling. I I did. I had Portillos yesterday. You're Ooh, a big Portillos fan, Portillo's. right? I'm a uh, so I'm an Illinois guy. I went to school in the Chicago suburbs. There was like a Portillos on every corner, basically. And then I moved here to Minnesota, and I work uh, in Oakdale. And right next to Oakdale and Woodbury, there is a Portillos. And I was just like stoked when I found that out. I was so happy. So I go there every now and then. That's like that's like a birthday thing. Like when Ash is like, what do you want to do for your birthday? I'm like, I want to go to Portillo's for sure. So what's uh what's the go-to Portillo's order? Uh I usually get their uh their hot beef sandwiches. Those the are what? Real, the hot beef sandwiches. Oh hot beef. I think okay, hot beef. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I got like the au jus and the peppers on it. It's just super good. Um and then you always gotta go with the cake shake at the end, obviously. Yeah, I uh, so I did. Uh, I'm not a big Portillo's guy, so I kind of went blind there. I did. I did a chicken sandwich. Um, Still good. It, it was good. It was really good. Like, I, I I felt like I got a good piece of chicken. You know, like a nice a nice slab of chicken. Um, yeah, you don't get gypped at Portillo's. That's that's the one thing you don't leave feeling like, man, that was like an underwhelming meal. Like you right. you get what you pay for for sure. Yeah, you don't pay five seventy five for that chicken sandwich, and you get like a a thin piece of chicken. You get a good you get a good chunk of chicken. Absolutely. Um, my only complaint there's a lot of mayo. Like they really put a lot of mayo on. They're there. big on the condiments. Big mayo uh, restaurant. Um, and then I got a shake, uh, and it was good. I enjoyed that. You know, they oh. actually make their cake shakes with mayo. Like mayo is one of the, one of the bases that they use. You're lying. You're I trying to be to funny. I swear to God. I don't, I don't get. Don't uh, let that ruin it. Like it's still like, that's how, that's why that's, that's how it gets so thick. Like that's where the thickness comes from. Like you don't obviously taste the mayo in the, in the shake. Well, yeah, you that's where you get like that thick base. Anyways, still really good. What, what, what's the difference between, uh, a, a shake and a malt i to this day i have no idea you don't know either no okay i, th- I, I think I, it's what see i always assumed it was and i could be totally wrong on this i thought it was like like a dinner supper thing where like it's the same thing just with two completely different names but on um on the wet on the on the menu at portillo's they have a shakes section and a malt section yeah. they got both I have zero idea. If you're listening and you know the difference between a shake and a malt, feel free to hit us up at 10K Pitches and let us know. I, I yeah, I'm not gonna Google it because like I think I think the mystery is what's fun here. Yeah, but I want people to tell us the difference. I think I think malts are thicker. Maybe it's like what it's based in. Like is, like is a malt based in like ice cream and a shakes like milk or I don't know. 
It's an interesting question, one which I don't have the answer to. And just like you, Ethan, I'm not, I don't feel like looking it up. So again, yeah. if you have the answer or you have like a, you know, a fake answer that you want to give us, uh, feel free to hit us up at 10K Pitches, Twitter and Instagram. We'll be happy to, uh, to take your answers. How about, how about the difference between custard ice cream and like soft serve and like uh like frozen too much at me right now man um custard is definitely custard is like a it's like a yogurt base isn't it see like or like what i'm trying to get at is like custard frozen yogurt soft serve ice cream whatever like like i know there is a difference but like i don't like it's all less the same yeah and like i don't yeah i don't think i care enough like i think it's all good you know but like as long as it tastes good that's the real difference in uh, in Wisconsin or at least in Milwaukee like people like to talk about custard and like how it's a big thing and whatever and I think Culver's is like yeah Culver's is big on that they're custard I guess I don't know but like it's I I thought it was like it's ice cream like I I don't know I don't know the things we ponder on the 10,000 pitches podcast I tell you what um we are going to talk some soccer we'll get into our WPASL predictions later in the show but we're actually going to start by uh, breaking down the schedule. They released their full schedule on social media and on their website, WPASLsoccer.com, just this past week. Four matches coming up in the opening weekend, May 16th. I have the wrong tab pulled up on the website. So if you give me a second, I'll be able to tell you what those opening weekend games are. May 16th, we got Lobos against Bateau. That is a huge matchup to start off the season. One and two from last season's table, uh, taking on each other to open. Then you have the two newbies to the to the WPASL, Poskin Jets and Spartan FC. They uh, match up in the first match of the season. St. Croix Valley SC and Barron. And then uh, along with the other nightcaps, FC Minimo and Hayward Wolfpack. All eight teams in action on opening day, May 16th. So uh, should should be a great Wapassel season with two new clubs. Lobos is strong, Bateau is strong, Barron's right there as well. Hayward Wolfpack should be a factor this year. Um, it'll be competitive. And I think, and like I think we talked about it. Like I think the level of play for these teams is only going up. Um, you know, both internally they're getting better, but then the teams are they're they're playing are are also getting better. Like obviously Bateau has played uh, some teams outside of their league, like in the UPSL, um, and I think. Hayward's doing the same. So I think that's exciting and just moving the, the bar up. A lot of good natured back and forth between Hayward and Bateau on Twitter over the last few days since the schedule was released. The Connect Four Derby, as they call it, between Bateau and Hayward happening June 6th. So mark that on your calendars. The first ever Connect Four Derby. I mean, it's not the first time they played each other, but it's the first time it'll be called the Connect Four Derby. The reason why it's called the Connect Four Derby was because of some Twitter thing that was happening during the pandemic last year. And yeah, anyways, that's uh, that's happening June 6th. So kind of excited to see what, what we get on social media leading up to that one. Yeah, I, I'm excited and I like the game Connect Four. Also on June, June 6th, another big one between Lobos and Barron. And then uh, other notable matchup, Bateau and Barron take on each other June 20th. For the full schedule, just go to WPASLsoccer.com and uh, just click on the schedule tab. You'll be able to see it all. And again, mark your calendars because um, hopefully, you know, by the time games start, you know, obviously, you know, we'll have fans going to the games, but then hopefully we can have fans comfortably at games by the time we get close to the end of the season. That would be awesome. But uh, again, mark your calendars, check out the schedule. Um, you know, just one of the many great leagues happening in the area this summer. 
Speaking of great teams and great leagues, our friends at Turbo Sports FC and the UPSL actually just unveiled the reserve team. Turbo 2, I love when these teams sort of invest in youth development and invest in getting uh, guys into the program, getting them on the pitch, and that's what Turbo's doing with their reserve team. They'll play a non-league schedule, so they're not going to be in the MASL, they're not going to be in the MRSL, they're not going to be with the main squad in the UPSL. They're going to play a non-league schedule against teams from MASL, from WPASL, and other clubs around the area this summer. So a great chance for, uh, again, some, some young guys to get integrated with the club, involved with the club, training with the club, and then test their skills on the pitch against some quality competition. Yeah, I I think it's always good seeing uh, uh, more teams. And I kind of like the idea of like not playing within a specific league and just branching out, playing different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you build connections that way to, to other teams and players. And, and, uh, and yeah, who knows, you know? Maybe. And just talking to so many of these teams in the area, like this is like a main priority for them. If they don't already have a youth development program or a reserve team, like that is something that is like at the top of their wish list to bring something like that into the forefront. I'm um, talking to the guys at Inter Minneapolis a few weeks ago when I said goals for off the field. The first thing they brought up was developing a youth uh, youth academy or a youth system or a reserve team. Uh, Valora has a reserve team in MASL. Uh, now Turbo has one. So it's really something that a lot of these clubs are investing time in, investing money in. Um, and it's another reason why supporting local soccer is so important because you it allows these clubs to give opportunities to more players and bring them into the fold and have kind of the resources in place to give them the training and uh, and the pitch time that they need to develop. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good for Turbo. And all the other clubs that are doing the same. Absolutely. And then uh, one quick other headline, and we forgot to mention this last week because this is a bit dated at this point, but I wanted to make sure it was mentioned on the podcast. Uh, former Minnesota United fan favorite, Ish Jome, actually signed with the Portland Timbers after a few years in the USL. And he made his debut for them last week in the first leg of their CCL CONCACAF Champions League round of 16 matchup against Marathon and Honduras. Um, he, he actually played a decent amount in that first match, which they won five nil or no, they did not win five nils two, two in the first match. And then they actually won five nil in the second leg Tuesday night, which he also appeared in for a few minutes. Uh, obviously they advanced seven, two on aggregate. So they'll be in the quarterfinals and more chances for is to, uh, show his skills and take the field for, for an MLS side, great opportunity for him. And just, you know, I wasn't a Minnesota United fan back in those days. Right. We're talking like MASL days, like very, very early MLS days. Um, I was not in Minnesota at that time, so I was not a fan at that time. But just just seeing when when Portland Timbers tweeted that he was substituted on all of a sudden, just a flood of like quote tweets and retweets came in from Minnesota United fans. So, you know how much he means to them and how kind of heartwarming it was for them to see him kind of taking the pitch in MLS. Yeah, that, that it is cool. Um, how many, how many ishes do you know, like outside of this ish? I don't know anybody. Do you? Okay. So, uh, in that spirit, I, um, I Googled famous ishes. Um, my mind first of all, went to ish Smith NBA player. Yeah. Um, good, good alliteration there. Ish Smith. That's good name. But, um, I found on Amazon, a game called famous ish. Like, you know, like famous-ish. Uh, okay. And, and that, that, that's all I got. 
I just thought that was worth sharing. Well, um, I know what you'll be doing for the rest of the night, playing that playing that game instead of. Well, I, I don't own the, the game. I just found like it on Amazon. Okay. I don't own the game. Well, you could buy it. Um, I dare you. I dare you to buy it. It's I don't know. Right it's twenty seven dollars. A big commitment. We're yeah, probably gonna cut this know. out, but that's okay. Anyways, ish. I don't. I don't know. This feels. This feels non cuttable. This feels. We'll keepable. see. We'll see. Maybe trim. Maybe trim this. I'll do. I'll do a little trim. Yeah, I won't, it, I won't it, cut the whole thing off. I just trim a little off the top. Yeah, no, there, there was, there was some, there's some. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, it was like mid-pandemic when like haircut places were still closed, and I was too scared to go. So your hair is like a little too long, like kind of right now. My hair is a touch long. You can't see this because it's a podcast, but it's a little long by my standards. And and yeah, you don't want to take it all off because you kind of come accustomed to your like longier, shaggier look. Yep. So you just got to trim it down. Yeah. You know exactly. I agree. And that's what that segment could be. But I ultimately think we should mention that. Okay. Anyways, maybe this is the thing I'll throw in at the end of the podcast. Post, no. Speaking of which, my mom, my mom, who's a loyal 10K listener, she she's learned a lot about soccer through us. She's awesome. not the big she's not the biggest soccer fan, but but hold on, we're this this podcast is actually teaching people about soccer. Well. When you have a pretty base line, well, like, like the local soccer. Okay. One actually, one of her criticisms, which I thought was valid, and I also heard this from like, like my sister who who's listened here sporadically, and she doesn't know much about soccer either. Like, we'll talk about stuff, and we don't always explain it because we assume the bar to entry is like a little higher, you know. Mm-hmm. So we don't always explain the basics, and, and I think that's a valid criticism of this I podcast. Agree where I, I think we assume the, the bar of entry is a little too high and, and ultimately we don't explain things as well as we should. Um, so anyway, like for example, when I'm going through, uh, you know, the, the schedule here, when I say, oh, Bateau, I should say last year's defending champions of the WPASL, Bateau FC, against last year's runner-up in the Bateau in the WPS like just provide more context to what we're talking about basically yeah and then like you know when you first mentioned it like the WPASL it's a league based in Wisconsin you know like those little things and then and then you know what's a derby like like what is it like what's a derby you know Mm. um just little things like that um I think that I think is a valid criticism of this podcast, but anyways, that all is that- interesting. I mean, that makes sense, but it's obviously something that like, I don't know when you get in kind of the hamster wheel of just doing this week after week, those things kind of fall through the cracks, you know, or at least they don't really come to mind, but that's good. I like that criticism. That's right. great. So that definitely helps. And then we talk about like the Portland Timbers, like, like of the MLS, like pro yeah. soccer and then CONCAF champions league. Like, what is that? You know, yeah. like these are things we're flying through, but ultimate and like, why is he playing for Portland and you know the con like in the Champions League, right? Like that doesn't make sense if you don't if you don't know, and that's things we fly through. But those those are things and like aggregate, like what what what's that? Like these are all things you know. If we take a moment, we just kind of talk about them. You know, maybe we uh, we get you know some a little more return. Um, anyways, all of that to say, she was disappointed that last week didn't have like. The post credits cl- yeah okay um well, i'll try to, i'll try to work those in a little more often and i i, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i don't like i don't want to like shoehorn something in there if it's not like if i don't think it's funny you know yeah like i i probably just told i think i told her i was like yeah i just don't think i said anything stupid last week like 
we can well, um, see that's another thing we get now you you have to say something stupid every week so that way i have something to put in the back end of the podcast it, yeah something that's like yeah that's just like fringe worthy of being in there like when you're talking about pizza or you're talking about like i don't know like like you feel free to talk about the raptors but i'm probably going to clip it and put it in the back of the podcast yeah that's that's the back of the podcast thing now yeah exactly um, all right a ton of interview content to get to this week so without further ado let's get into it first off my chat with dan haggerty owner and gm of the sioux falls thunder hope you enjoy it but first let me tell you about our newest sponsor surfshark vpn Protecting your online data and information, especially in a COVID or post-COVID era, is more important now than it has ever been. Hackers, fishers, email spammers, they are absolutely licking their chops right now because things like remote work and overall more time spent online means more victims. Don't let that be you. Surfshark VPN protects your online data so you can browse and work with the peace of mind knowing that you're doing so safely and securely. Surfshark has a super fast connection so your online experience will be uninterrupted. And if you look at any tech magazine or online resource, Surfshark consistently in the top two or top three and their price blows their competitors absolutely out of the water. Right now, you can get two years of full Surfshark VPN service on unlimited devices for just $2.49 per month. That's $2.49 per month. You will not find a better deal than this. Just visit surfshark.deals slash 10K. That's surfshark, S-U-R-F-S-H-A-R-K dot deals, D-E-A-L-S slash the number 10K, 10K. And you'll get that Surfshark VPN for just $2.49 per month. Thank you so much to Surfshark for sponsoring 10,000 pitches. And as always, I implore you, I ask you, please support the great companies and businesses that support 10K. All right, now on to this week's interview. I now have the pleasure to welcome in the owner and general manager of the Sioux Falls Thunder re-entering the NPSL North Division in 2021. It's Daniel Haggerty. Daniel, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, doing well. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, hope things are going well for you as, uh, also. Absolutely. Um, so before we get into what's going on, the many things that are going on with the Sioux Falls Thunder on and off the field, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, let people get to know you a little bit as both a player and a coach. Uh, so you played college soccer at Goshen College in Indiana, all NAIA honorable mention. Um, tell me a little bit about your introduction to soccer and sort of growing as a player. Uh, yeah, um, my in introduction to soccer was uh, a sort of a, a roundabout. Um, I actually grew up overseas. My parents were missionaries. Uh, so uh, in, in boarding school in Northern India, um, scrawny little kid, but a good runner. And uh, the soccer team needed a goalie. Ah. So uh, they asked a couple of us uh, sort of athletes to try out and I was their least worst option. <laughs> uh, I hate goalkeeping to this day. Uh, I was terrible. Uh, the team didn't fare well. Um, but it did introduce me to the sport. Uh, my senior year, we played the juniors and I think we were down 3-0 with me playing in the goal. One of the uh, leading scorers uh, of the senior group uh, was angry with me and kicked me out of the goal because he said he could do better. Uh, in my 10 minutes out on the field, I ended up scoring a goal. So, nice. uh, so that made it a little more exciting than standing in the goal. Yeah, um, sure. That was my introduction to soccer. Wow. Uh, how did I end up at Goshen College? Uh, the summer before going to Goshen College, I played in a church league. Um, 
And uh, again, I mentioned that I was a runner, so I loved running up and down the, the soccer pitch. And, uh, and that was the, the fun part of the game for me. Uh, I was terrible uh, because other than the, the one uh, year of playing in the goal uh, in high school, um, uh, I was so bad that I broke my second toe, uh, toe balling it when somebody was kicking it from the other side. That's, that's how much I knew about soccer. <laughs> Uh, how did I end up on the Goshen College soccer team? Uh, well, here's this. Uh, I'm actually a Canadian citizen. Here's this Canadian, grew up in Asia, has to be a good soccer player, right? Of course. Uh, so the uh, soccer coach uh, called me up, even though I had mentioned cross country as an option, because that's actually uh, probably what I should have been doing. Uh, and the cross country coach never uh, called me up. So wow. I thought, sure, you want me to play soccer? I'll play soccer. Um, I've I was told uh, a few years after college, the only reason I made that team my freshman year is the, col uh, the co college coach wanted me to make everybody else work hard because I was a runner. Okay. Uh, otherwise, skill-wise, I wouldn't have made the team. Yeah. Uh, so uh, lots of soccer over a four-year period, um, mm -hmm. including staying in the Goshen area and playing soccer. Uh, my best friend, American citizen who grew up in Brazil, uh, probably taught me 90% of what I know about soccer, even though I had coaches. Uh, wow. So uh, that's how I ended up uh, playing soccer and, and uh, becoming, uh, I'd say, a fairly decent soccer player. I was co-captain my senior year. Mm -hmm. Now, even through all those struggles, did you did you find that that you had a had a mind for the game? You know, were able to, to think the game on maybe a little bit of a... a, a extended level because i mean after, after your playing career you coached for 19 years so obviously you were able to learn enough in the game to sort of transition into that coaching role did did the did the thinking of the game come natural to you even though maybe the the physical aspects may have not um i would say the in, the individual part of the game sort of came naturally to me um i was small but i was quick um probably thought a lot outside the box because I didn't have traditional training. Mm. Uh, I kind of joke and say, well, defenders didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't even know what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, and, and so when you're unpredictable, that makes it hard for, for people to mark you. But, um, uh, but on the, the greater scope of learning the game, uh, I'd say that came sort of after college. And, and as I coached, uh, I, I developed that a little bit more. Um, I, I'd say I'd leave the game, the bigger game tactics to somebody else, which is why I'm not coaching the Thunder. Mm -hmm. um, I'm much better at helping the individual uh, become a better player um, from a coaching standpoint. So um, even though I've had a long uh, career of coaching at the high school level, uh, eight years in Ohio and then 11 years here in South Dakota, um, uh, yeah, it was it was a passion, and uh, it's it's how I ended up uh, actually getting my first job was through my coaching. Uh, oh wow! Uh, I, I I was able to get a, a teaching job along with that. So very nice. So tell me a little bit about that transition from player to coach. You know, how early did you know that you wanted to be a coach, and then how quickly after playing did you transition into that coaching role? Yeah, well, honestly, I I guess I can't even say that my goal was to be a coach. Uh, the athletic director at the school that was looking for a soccer coach called up Goshen College because he happened to be a Goshen College alumni mm -hmm. and asked the then coach 
Uh, do you have any uh, players graduating this year that would be interested in coaching? Um, and my name was one uh, put on the list. And, uh, and uh, I went and uh, interviewed and said, you know, I can't just coach. I need a teaching job with it. Mm-hmm. And, and lo and behold, the, uh, the teaching job that, that I was uh, qualified to do uh, came available shortly after that. And, uh, and I think they knew that. So I kind of fell into the role uh, of coach. Um, but I, I think I was certainly ready for it. It, yeah. it wasn't like, uh, I hadn't played the sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. Were you able so, to, um, not, not to cut you off, uh, Daniel, but were you able to, to connect with maybe some of those, uh, some of those players who maybe were a little bit, a little bit slower in learning the game or a little bit slower in, in the physical aspects of the game, because, you know, you had mentioned your struggles that you had early on in, in playing soccer, were you, did you find that that helped you better able to sort of coach those type of players uh, when you made that transition? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and um, again, because I didn't have the, the kind of coaching that kids can get today, um, pretty simple ap- approach, not going to make it too mm-hmm. difficult for the, for the a- average player. Yeah. Um, um, the flip side of that is the, maybe the players that could have advanced better under different coaching maybe didn't get to uh, because they didn't have that, that higher level thinking that, that the great players do have in seeing the field, thinking two or three plays ahead, that kind of thing. So um, yeah. Um, but uh, adequate enough, uh, mm-hmm. you know, coaches sometimes are only good as the players they have on the field. So <laughs> you could, you could say the opposite. You can say the other way around though, too. So yeah, that's true. Uh, there's that's definitely true. An, there's definitely an impact there from a coaching standpoint. I mean, when you when you started coaching, did you anticipate that you would do it for 19 years? Uh you know, I guess I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just was it was sort of natural or organic. Um, I moved back to South Dakota, did it for a year. Uh, then because of life circumstances, took some time out. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up doing it for the last 10 years because I have, uh, three boys. I have a daughter as well. She's younger, but three boys, uh, that all played soccer for me, um, uh, throughout their junior high and high school career. So, uh, we ran a a small Freeman area youth soccer program starting at, you know, age five or whatever. Um, and, and that helped build the soccer in the area, um, at that time, that's, that's no longer being run. Mm-hmm. Um, and big surprise, soccer is maybe not as big as it used to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now you're the owner in Sioux Falls, taking over yeah. a time when uh, the Thunder are re-entering the NPSL North after a short hiatus. Um, how did you get involved with the Thunder? And was that the immediate goal to rejoin the NPSL upon your ownership? Uh, yeah, um, a couple of years ago, my, my middle son, uh, who, who plays soccer, uh, played for them. Uh, and so I was around watching and, and uh, seeing what was going on. Um, and the owner at that time, uh, Amadou Myers, um, uh, uh, had been giving it a go. I, I think things were maybe waning a little bit. And, and prior to COVID uh, 2020, they were looking to step out of the MPSL, take a year hiatus, and then possibly join back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2020 happened and, and no soccer happened. So that hiatus wasn't even to go play in another league or, or whatever. Um, uh, 
so then when it came time to start up again, I, I think it was maybe uh, a struggle or yeah, uh, not quite ready to do that after a whole year off of no soccer. Yeah. Um, since I had discussed with him in 2019, the possibility of being involved with the team uh, when he was looking to see who might want to take over, uh, my name came up and uh, he gave me a call and, and uh, it, it went from there. Very nice. Now, what were some of those other immediate goals? Obviously, rejoining the NPSL was one of them. But what are some of those other immediate goals, um, you know, for you after you took over the club? Uh, one of the focuses that we have is is certainly trying to develop local talent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when I say that, I mean, uh, players within the Sioux Falls and surrounding area. Uh, that's not to say that we don't or maybe won't in the future have players coming from elsewhere. Um, but at this point, that's certainly not our focus. Uh, we're uh, the GPAC is the conference that's close by um, uh, three or four teams, uh, five teams, maybe within a, a couple hour radius um, of, of that conference, uh, NEIA conference. And so there's a lot of kids that are, are, are around that could play. Um, many of them are also local kids. They, they grew up in South Dakota or Sioux Falls itself. Um, and we wanted this to be an avenue for them to further their soccer, whether it be to get better in, in, uh, for college, to continue to advance, or even post-college. Do they have dreams of playing pro soccer? And, and can we be a stepping stone for that? So that was one of the focuses. Now, that's not to say we're a college-only uh, player team. Um, we have uh, former Thunder players that are now family men. They have full-time jobs, uh, but they uh, played at a high level, continue to want to play at a high level. And, uh, and so obviously they're included, but they, they are living locally. We're not bringing someone in from uh, California or wherever. Now, what is that process like uh, of taking over a lower league soccer club these days? I mean, Cause there, there's that balance, right? Obviously you want to put out a good product on the field, but, but, the, but the, you know, the fan experience, the community involvements, you know, all those other aspects are just as maybe, maybe even more important than, uh, than the actual on-field aspects. So what is that like taking over those, those, uh, you know, taking over a club, you know, with the, all those things considered and what has that process been like of, you know, trying to balance, okay, yep. Yep. Here's the players we want, but here's also the, the goals and maybe the, the things we want to do, the, the to-do list that we have for building our brand or getting out there more than the community or, you know, maybe helping the fan experience once fans are able to come back to games. You know, what, what has that been like for you? Uh, yeah, well, I haven't had sleepless nights yet, but uh, <laughs> maybe a few extra headaches and, and uh, a little more bald on the top of the head. It's, it's definitely been stressful. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, we got about a month here till our first uh, league game and, and it's a home game. So, uh, you know, baptized by fire, I guess here yeah. a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's been fun. Uh, I've had a lot of support already from the people in the Sioux Falls community and surrounding um, uh, both from some sponsorship standpoint, uh, as well as uh, people like basically saying, Hey, uh, we'll volunteer. What do you want us to do? That's awesome. uh, people asking about, you know, is there going to be a fan club? Um, we need to tap that guy yet and say, yep. And you're leading it. Uh, but, 
um, yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, uh, we do want to be a presence in the community. Um, uh, and we have lofty goals uh, about being involved in the soccer in the community. How can we help to develop? Can some of our players help uh, the local clubs by doing some volunteer coaching, mm. leading some clinics, those kinds of things, um, you know, passing on the knowledge and the passion they have. Uh, but we also want to be involved in the community um, as a community member helping out. And uh, I just uh, was on the phone uh, yesterday with Feeding South Dakota, which is a nonprofit that provides uh, food to um, uh, to uh, food banks or, or uh, other organizations in helping to provide food for those that are in need. And our first game uh, that we will be having with uh, Minneapolis City is uh, we're not charging gate. Uh, we can't uh, because of the facility. Um, but instead, we're asking all of our fan base uh, to bring uh, food items in lieu of payment. That's great. And then that will all be donated. So those are the kinds of things that we're going to do. Uh, I have some other ideas uh, along those lines that we can be involved in the community um, and bring awareness to some of those other projects that are out there that people maybe don't think about, but in tied to a soccer game. Oh, yeah. Now they know who Feeding South Dakota is. Yeah. Or they're going to donate blood because we're going to challenge whoever, one of our sponsors, uh, business yeah. organizations to come and see if they can beat the thunder in a blood drive or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of possibilities and we want to be that person in the community or that organization in the community that gets those things accomplished. And that's the logical thought process, right? Like you support the community, the community will support, will support you. And I think that's exactly, then that's a great first step that you're taking there. Um, obviously being based here in the twin cities, uh, you know, between, what's happening here locally and in Northwest Wisconsin and in the state of Minnesota as a whole, it's, it's really tough to have peripheral vision on what's happening in the soccer landscape because there's just so much soccer here locally and here in the state, so many teams, so many leagues, uh, different, different community groups and things like that. Uh, but, but looking outward and looking with that peripheral vision and specifically to your area and the Dakotas, what are you seeing out there in terms of the growth of the game and uh, you know, the, the soccer landscape as a whole, are there plenty of youth opportunities? Are there, you know, EPL supporters groups, you know, what is that soccer interest in that landscape? Like where you're, where you are. Yeah, it, it has really grown. Um, and, and part of that is because of the, the youth clubs. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Sioux Falls itself has a club called Dakota Alliance soccer club. Um, an email was sent out actually on our behalf. I think it was to 3000 households or something like that in the Sioux Falls area. Um, and those are just maybe current families, I guess, that are involved. Uh, and, and that's the club system that my boys have, have been a part of. Um, right next door is, is a, uh, another town called T, uh, the T Tempo have a club. Um, uh, Brandon, which is almost a suburb, also has a, a club. Um, You've got Vermilion, Yankton, Mitchell, uh, um, trying to think of uh, Brandon, not far from Sioux Falls. Yeah. Um, and then north of us, uh, there's a number of communities, not not huge, um, not as big as Sioux Falls. And uh, even yeah. Sioux Falls isn't big compared to Minneapolis, but um, but they all have a soccer presence. Yeah. Um, and and so it's, it's really taken off. Um, and even small communities, um, you know, with moms and dads that have no idea how to play the game of soccer or even how to coach it 
are, are starting up programs in their communities That's trying fantastic. to get things started. So um, I, I definitely say there's interest um, in the state um, and, and, and certainly it's, it's established in, in the youth systems. That's awesome. And yeah, that, that youth accessibility is, is so crucial in terms of getting people interested and, and involved in the game at a young age. So it's great to know that that's happening uh, in the Dakotas as well. Um, so let's look ahead to the 2021 season here. Uh, seven clubs in the MPSL North. Um, obviously, um, you know, Minneapolis City, odds on favorite going in. But how do you feel about your club going into the year and how the division will shake out as a whole? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to know. Um, I mean, we're bringing in a lot of young players. Um, and, and uh, I, I mean, we think they're talented young players, uh, but they are young. Uh, Minneapolis City probably doesn't have a lot of college kids. Uh, they, I, I see they've already months ago been playing some preseason matches and stuff. Uh, we haven't played one yet together as a team. Um, we'll, we'll be kind of forming uh, our team uh, uh, right at the beginning of the season and even into the season a little bit because some of those uh, late college uh, uh, exams and that kind of thing. But um, I, I'd like to think that we could put ourselves somewhere in the middle of the conference. Um, mm. um, do I think we're going to knock off the top spot in our first year? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, you always uh, aim for the top and, and hopefully you hit somewhere close to it. But um, obviously uh, there are more established teams uh, mm -hmm. than the Thunder that have been, that have been uh, doing well and, and have built their programs uh, maybe a little more than the Thunder has in the past. And so uh, we don't expect to, to go to that level right in the first year. But I, I know our coaching staff is excited. They're working hard already and, and uh, yeah, I, neither do we want to finish at the bottom. So, You mentioned having a son that has played for the Thunder in the past, so you're very familiar with with what the club looked like before you took over. Um, actually, in the in the last NPSL season, Sioux Falls performed pretty pretty favorably, I believe, finishing in the top four of the table. How do, how do you look at this club, you know, relative to those last couple Sioux Falls Thunder clubs that competed? Well, uh, uh, two years ago, my son and, and two of his, his – uh, teammates from the club system played on that team towards the end of the season. So they were actually part of that success. Awesome. And all, all three of those are going to be back. Um, plus some of their other, uh, uh, club players around them or, or of that similar age that are all playing college soccer as sophomores, juniors, seniors, wherever they're at. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that's why we're a little bit excited because we know even two years ago, that talent was already contributing to the Thunder success. Now mm -hmm. they're two years older, bigger, stronger, faster, yeah. better players. Um, we add that with uh, some of the old guard that's still uh, able to play that has that knowledge and, and talent. Uh, hopefully they can gel together and, and have a successful season. Those usually those, those, you know, the best kind of formula there is having those, those experienced players who have been there, have been there for successful times as well. Um, along with the, with the young players who can come in and really kind of provide that youthful spark. So um, hopefully that, that balance uh, shakes out well for you guys uh, this season as well. Um, give me one or two of those players to watch out for this season and maybe even beyond um, specifically looking at some of those younger guys, some of those newcomers. Uh, yeah, well, one who's not a newcomer uh, is, is Tyler Limmer. He has played for them in the past. Um, he actually is an assistant coach at, at one of those GPAC schools that I mentioned. Um, he has played uh, 
on a couple USL teams, uh, oh. at least temporarily. Um, I think he played Des Moines Menace or something like that. Uh, maybe even in Colorado, I'm not sure. Um, but he, he has played at that higher level. I, I believe he is the leading scorer at Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa, oh, wow. um, all time. Um, oh. Very, uh, very potent uh, at his top. Um, yeah. Now he's out of college, you know, playing not as often, that kind of thing. Hopefully he's, he can, he can uh, get that same form he had a number of years ago. Uh, and I believe he is motivated uh, in that regard. Um, boy, who else? I, I mean, the young players, there's, there's just a good handful of them that could really make a difference. Uh, the three I mentioned that played a couple of years ago, um, Ethan Glissendorf, um, he is playing um, uh, at Gustavus Adolphus now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Brady Cork uh, playing at South Dakota School of Mines. Um, and then, uh, Brennan Haggerty, uh, that name sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my son. Uh, those three all played three years ago and, and those three will be back again. Um, and then there are some others, uh, that they played with that are, that are going to join them now this time, two years later. So we're excited about that, that, that we're bringing on more of that young talent from the area. Now we had already we've already touched on the importance of balancing the on-field and off-field aspects, especially in lower league soccer. Um, do you have any goals, specific goals or benchmarks from an organizational community, et cetera, standpoint as we head further into 2021? Sorry, uh, ask that question again. Um, any uh, any goals? Uh, you, you know, we've already touched on the uh, the importance of balancing off-field and on-field, um, you know, aspects of a lower league club. Off the field, do you have any specific goals or benchmarks from an organizational community, et cetera, standpoint as we head further into 2021? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, you know, positive feedback from, from the fan base, uh, from the community at large, um, you know, cooperation with local clubs. Um, all of those are definitely important things. Mm -hmm. um, do we get fans to the game? I mean, we are, we are ultimately an entertainment business, uh, if, if you think about it. And so, you know, are we going to get a fan base? Are we going to have a, a fan club? Are, are we going to get a large uh, uh, portion of the soccer people in the Sioux Falls and surrounding area there um, because they are entertained, because they enjoy the game of soccer and they want to see the local talent succeed? Um, and, and hopefully we are providing a good product. And, and when I say that, um, I don't mean all the bells and whistles around the game. I mean, mm -hmm. is the game entertaining? Is it something that they want to come back and watch? And I, I think uh, that's the litmus test from the soccer side of things. Yep. The business side is a, a total different uh, uh, ball of worms. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, lastly here, how can people get in touch with and learn more about Sioux Falls Thunder? Uh, probably the easiest way is to go to our website, uh, SiouxFallsThunderFC.com. Um, and uh, on there, then, you know, you have links to Facebook and Twitter and all that. And of course, anybody who's uh, my, my boys ages uh, know how to just go find us anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're old like me, somebody has to, to point you in that direction. But <laughs> yeah, Google Sioux Falls Thunder and, and I, I'm sure you'll find whatever you need to get in touch with us. Um, Obviously, our our uh, our homepage has all those links. Uh, uh, we're in the process again because we're so new, trying to get uh, 
our ticket site up and running and all mm -hmm. that kind of, I mean, there's something there, but it's not where it needs to be yet, yep. but merchandise, some of those kinds of things are available. Um, and anybody can obviously through that, that website contact us by email. So if there's questions they have, um, they certainly can find out. So. Very good. Daniel Haggerty, owner, general manager of the Sioux Falls Thunder of the NPSL North taking the field along with the rest of the league early May. Uh, yeah, definitely go check them out. SiouxFallsThunderFC.com for all the information. Daniel, can't thank you enough for the time. I really appreciate it. Best of luck this season. Hey, thank you so much for the pitch about our pitch. Hey, there you go. Love it. <laughs> all right. Let Take me care. Be sure to check out Shop Spam FC and BateauFCShop.com. That's right. Both of their seasons are starting off soon. So whether you're headed to the game or supporting for, from home, make sure to have the latest and greatest merchandise for both Spam FC and Bateau FC and support local soccer. That's Shop Spam FC and BateauFCShop.com. And make sure to use promo code POD, P-O-D, to get 10% off at checkout on your first order. I now have the pleasure to welcome in the owner and general manager and executive director of Dakota Fusion. The owner and GM is Sajid Gori, and the executive director is Tyler Epping. Guys, thank you so, so much for taking the time to join the show this week. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having us over. Um, so you guys are competing. You guys have two squads, uh, you know, one NPSL men's squad and one WPS, P, uh, WPSL, excuse me, women's squad. Um, before we kind of get into the soccer backgrounds and stuff, I just want to get a gauge on how you guys are feeling and how your players and coaches are feeling kind of getting back to real actual soccer after such a long layoff. Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a process. It was kind of tough, uh, get, you know, getting used to all the thing. Last year, we prepared everything and then all of a sudden season, season got canceled. canceled. Mm -hmm. Now we were concerned about is this is going to happen this year too? Is 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 gonna have so we we have some challenges on that part of getting everybody back together. You know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of our players come from different part of United States, and uh, you know the challenges of putting them in housing and COVID going on, and yeah, it it is a, it is a fun year, I tell you. So, sure. uh, but other than that, I think it every means we have a lot of volunteers. They help us out. Our coaching staff is fantastic. Uh, they they actually step up to the plate and they went out and work with the community, work with the players. And we were very excited with this for this season. We are getting closer. We still have a lot to do. We're mm -hmm. getting closer by the day. Tyler, you were just hired uh, a few months ago, late January. So maybe not even three months at this point. What's the vibe you're getting from the squad and, you know, uh, just, just getting ramped up and ready for the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm personally excited. This is my kind of first season here and, uh, uh, I think we're going to have a pretty, pretty good team. We, like Sajid said, we got players coming in from uh, outside of the community as well as players that are more local here. So um, with my first season doing this, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited and, and kind of uh, interested to see how it all plays out. Yeah. We'll get into more of uh, your role and kind of, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what, Part you'll be playing in the squads moving forward in a little bit but first um you know Tyler you grew up in the Twin Cities um I just want to get a gauge on your soccer background and how you eventually wound up with the Dakota Fusion yeah so uh yeah I grew up uh southwest suburbs uh Chaska Minnesota um growing up I soccer I played basically year-round played obviously traveling 
competitive soccer uh, for CC United uh, back in the day. And I also had a briefly at the end of my playing career played at with uh, Minnesota Thunder Academy. Um, and then, you know, went to college, uh, the University of Minnesota. Um, didn't, didn't play at like a competitive level, just did some more, you know, intramural co-ed stuff. Um, but yeah, come now, I, I was, I was briefly coaching at the start of last year as well, prior to the pandemic. And then that kind of canceled everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Sajid was looking for someone to help out with some of the administrative duties with the club and, um, thought it was a cool opportunity. So, uh, here I am. Very, very cool. And Sajid, um, you know, what was, what was your initial, uh, I guess, uh, feeling about Tyler and bringing him in and then also talk a little bit about your soccer experience and, and getting involved with Dakota Fusion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, soccer, uh, Tyler have, I usually accidentally call him Ryan once in a while, but let's not go there. But <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> I don't know where Ryan comes from, but Tyler have actually very good head on his shoulder. He's a very balanced personality. And I, I knew, knew of him and I knew about him more and more in the last two, two years or so. Um, the, the good thing about it, he is out to help people. He's gonna go out of his way to make sure he accommodate player, help them in getting to the next stage. What is our goal of Dakota Fusion is not, honestly, it's not never making money. It means money will come as it comes, but our goal is to put that back into the club of, into that club or into the community uh, so that we can grow this soccer. So how I ended up in starting this soccer is, I was used to work very closely with uh, sponsored a lot of teams in uh, for just indoor soccer and all that stuff. And these kids had an opportunity to play at this level and they really like it. And they wanted me to start something. And honestly, those kids are the reason. And I saw them that they don't have after college or if they don't go to college, they don't have anything to really work on. They just, soccer is their life and there's nothing else at the next level they just give up soccer and they'd get into other activities. We have a lot of good kids working for us, playing for us from the community as well as from out of, out of uh, all, all different part of United States. So that was the reason I wanted to give something back. Me and my wife both play soccer. My four kids play soccer. We wanted to give back something to the community. And hence this was a great opportunity. And we decided to take uh, that step and we are very happy we did it. Now, you obviously saw there was a need for, you know, a semi-professional club or a club at that level there, considering the talent that was there. Um, but what has been, I guess, the reception from both the community and the player pool around the area to the club in comparison to your expectations going in? We have excellent college coaches in this area, and they are really fully supportive of providing us. We have, we have Division One college Actually, two Division One. We have a Division Two, Division Three colleges, and the, the the local kids in those colleges are playing. They actually are very supportive. These coaches for our organization. We have some organization, what some clubs also very supportive of ours. So, with that being said, we try. Uh, the the response of the kids in this community is also great. Their families and all that stuff. Now, you have to understand. We're still a second class citizen when it comes to soccer. There is a football, there's a hockey and there's a baseball and then comes the soccer 
um, you know, the instant, we are the fourth, if not fifth or sixth sport. But still, still, uh, we are day by day, every year go by, people recognize us, people know about us, and then people also, the community, all together, they are doing everything possible to help us. Now, it is on us too. I was doing it a lot of stuff on my own, but with Tyler uh, being in the club, I think we are doing a lot of stuff with the community. We're getting a lot of exposure. Um, three years ago, I bought a, a coach bus uh, for the uh, for the club, and not any club in this area or in this in our you know Minneapolis even have that kind of. Uh, uh, facilities for our uh, players and players love it. Uh, we wrapped it with soccer, um, with posters and all this stuff. And it's one of the very popular thing in this area. So we are giving as much as possible to our kids so they can enjoy and they can go to the next levels. I was very first year, we put four people, they got contract offered to them by professional teams. Wow. Very high level, but we have four kids one couple, few of them were from Australia. Uh, one went to um, uh, uh, Europe uh, to play for, he's still playing for uh, some team up in Europe. And then one went to New York. So the four kids we were been told that were offered contracts from the professional teams because of since then we have a little bit slow and, but we are hoping that repeat that year again and make sure that we have put people onto our kids onto that level. Now, Tyler, since you're hiring, there have been a, a few moves made by the club, rehirings, hirings of new coaches, you know, a reserve, uh, a reserve team unveiled. Um, how quickly did you hit the ground running in terms of getting involved in all these processes after you were hired? And I'm just kind of genuinely curious, what is the onboarding process like for a role like this? Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of learning. Uh, it, this is my kind of first time in this uh, type of position. So I've really leaned on, um, you know, uh, our coaches, for one, who have a lot of experience, um, you know, with, uh, you know, soccer in general at different levels. Uh, I've leaned on Sajid. But, um, yeah, I, I'd say that the big thing is learning kind of the processes of, of uh, how the different leagues run uh, and then, you know, uh, once we, when we came together and decided to kind of advance to the um, men's reserve team, it was, you know, became a, a, an idea of trying to figure out, okay, how do we implement that for this season, uh, especially without having a season last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, the big word I can probably say in terms of onboarding has been a learning experience and I'm continuing to learn. And, and I think, uh, you know, once I get a full season under my belt, it's going to be a lot more clear as to kind of the processes and then we can start implementing more things as well and talking about those those roster moves specifically mario campaverde and john melendez both back as head coaches of the wpa wpsl and npsl squads respectively and then uh bringing on a new assistant coach to the npsl staff and samuel winning and then unveiling a reserve team um tyler was this a process that was already in place when you came on and and how integral were you in sort of the development and, and unveiling of this yeah, I think the, the idea behind it was in place, uh, but just didn't have the resources in place at the time to execute it. So, um, like I said, you know, the, I've been working with the coaches uh, pretty heavily and they've had a huge uh, part in kind of developing and, and help getting the, the word out. Um, so I'd say it's been a collaborative kind of team effort in, in terms of, um, 
you know, working with the, the people that we have in the club um, to help not only, you know, expand in the reserve team, but also find, you know, additional, uh, you know, staff and, and, and coaches to help us out for the upcoming season. Sajid, speaking more on that, how long has the men's reserve team kind of been a topic of discussion and kind of a plan uh, of something that you maybe wanted to do? And then um, just, you know, curious why now is the time to sort of move forward with it? So um, we have, uh, so we take, uh, we, we have two clubs and one club, which is pretty big club, uh, Tri-City United in this area. Um, you, you know, we work very closely with uh, every club in town, pretty much. I can tell you that. So we, you know, obviously they have that level of skill sets too, where we have to, we just want to make sure that we take steps and let everybody informed what we're doing, our next steps are. Now this, uh, we did started the female reserve team um, in before COVID, uh, we have since then, but we wanted to start this last year, but because of the hit of COVID and all this stuff which happened, we were not able to launch that. and. With the help of Tyler, honestly, he played a very important role in making it happen. And I'm very excited to have him on board. Um, so it, if I have to do it all or some around volunteer people and all this stuff, you know, it could have happened, but not as organized way as he's doing it. Uh, he keep watching every step of the way to make sure that there is nothing missed. So his organization skill is phenomenal. And I'm very happy that he's able to uh, get it launched this year. Very, very cool. Um, talking about the details of the reserve, the reserve team before we move on, um, it seems like it's going to be uh, a pool of players training with or underneath the, uh, the NPSL squad a few times a week. Um, seems like there's going to be some, uh, some uh, inter-squad competition in there as well. Is it going to be organized games, organized matches, organized teams competing in competitions, or is it just going to be more, I don't want to say random, but, but more, I guess, um, more casual type inter-squad? type situations what's that going to look like in terms of the competition aspect yeah we're going to try to create in terms of getting uh like the reserve players uh you know kind of in terms of like an inner squad competition we're going to try to create it like a real game experience um so our goal is to have uh basically basically a simulation of what our normal game day experience at the mpsl or wpsl level would be um and then we're also trying to coordinate getting some exhibitions or friendlies with, you know, outside teams as well. Um, but our goal is to not only are they going to have, you know, the training aspect of being trained alongside or under our NPSL team, but also the option of potentially being moved up within the season. But then we'll also want to give them, you know, like I said, a, a game experience by, you know, evaluating them against like the actual NPSL team. So the goal is to create a very competitive environment um, so that, you know, everybody's growing within the process as well um, and has the options of potentially, you know, moving up um, through that environment. So to add on to that a little bit, um, sorry about that, I jumped into that, but uh, to add on to that, I just want to, um, yeah, th so these, these reserve players are also not only training side by side with NPSL teams, but also they have, uh, we still have some openings where we, they might be able to move up from the reserve squad to the to the NPSL squad. Absolutely. So it's it all in their hands. So we are creating that environment that they they can work really hard to improve their skill set. We provide them opportunity, we provide them coaching. And then if they can, if they show us improvement and they improve 
And our goal is to get them to that level that they can play that NPSL levels. Sajid, you had mentioned before COVID that, uh, you know, a women's reserve team was in the works. Um, is that something that uh, you guys still have plans to do? Is that is that in, in process right now? And is it going to be something that is just kind of directly aligns with what the men's side is doing? We had reserve team last year and we still have the reserve team for the okay. female. And uh, so this year we, I think there are a lot of them are moving to graduating, moving to college and there's some of them are gonna be still there. So, so and so forth. So we are, uh, we do have reserve team for the female. We, I think we were about uh, uh, give and take, I think, don't quote me on that, but give and take 20 some players in the reserve team. Uh, which practice year round. And one of the thing which Marco do it, and it's just like one of the phenomenal thing. He, he worked very hard with these kids. And when they say he coached them three to four days a week, and sometimes as much as hour to two hours at a time, which is actually giving them a lot of practice time, a lot of learning time. And then we create some competition for them too. So I think that the kids see a lot of improvement and I get very positive uh, uh, feedback from the parents on that. So yeah, it's going on since last year and we want to keep it going. Men's side was a little bit behind on that and we launched it this year. And do the, I guess the, the, the programs for the men's and women's reserve teams, are, are, is the women's process pretty much the same as the men's in terms of the way they train and the inter-squad competition aspect? It, we, um, I, this year, last year we have, we didn't have anything like that. Yeah. But last year was after, and I mean, say after after NPSL season, we started this reserve team after that. And then because of COVID, we didn't have a year. Now this year, I don't know what coach's plan is, but if we have the numbers between those, both of them, I think you will see something very similar uh, on the female side too. Very, very good. Um, I haven't seen much public from you guys on the on the actual squads for the NPSL and WPSL rosters um, uh, for 2021. Can you give me sort of a, any information or maybe a few names to keep an eye on for both the men's and women's teams, Tyler? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're kind of slowly releasing rosters, um, you know, over the, the next weeks on our social media. So, uh, obviously, follow that. Um, our, our men's side, a, a lot of the a lot of players coming uh, into town from different college programs across the country. Um, a lot of uh, a good amount of them have, are, are international players as well. Um, cool. And then we're, I, I guess, a, a mixture of some of local players that have played with us in the past, as well as some new faces uh, that we had uh, or evaluated and uh, saw as a good fit through our tryouts. So, um, you know, we got a kind of a wide range. Um, uh, on the women's side, we're obviously pulling a lot from our, our local schools here, um, as well as some of the elite, um, our, our reserve or our fusion elite program uh, that has been training with us. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a kind of a combination of um, people from outside of the community as well as within um, is kind of what our roster is going to be composed of. We are going to be have about, um, I think, 14 different countries represented in our, oh, uh, awesome. yeah, so it's gonna be a really mixed bag. We have players coming from uh, uh, Canada, I mean, not coming from Canada, but they are actually in colleges here, but they are from Canada. We have some Europeans and I think they're a kid coming from, from Japan. Um, 
So we have a, we have mixed bag of you name it, and we have a lot of different Scotland. I know that that's a kid coming from there. Um, so there's a mixed bag of player coming from. Uh, but you have to understand, we have also a community in Fargo, which is also from a lot of these players. Which we have local players. They are also from different part of world uh, world migrated here. But then we have local kids also here, which grew up here too. So we have a mixed bag. And we always have at least 12 to 14 countries represented. And I think we are going to exceed this year, more, those countries, because I think we're seeing a lot more different countries coming this way. Now, did the pandemic affect the, the turnover of the roster at all? Are you seeing more new faces as opposed to le and less returning faces because of that, of that year off? Or did that really not affect kind of that aspect of it at all? Oh, it affected. It affected. That's for sure. You're going to... We might have, I, I'm not sure the number, but we might have two or three returning players. Maybe okay. the maximum, but Tyler can tell you a little bit better, but rest of them is all new. Very, very cool. Um, and now, how are you guys feeling? I, you mentioned uh, a lot of turnover because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of, a lot of different countries, uh, you know, represented with both rosters. Um, how are you guys feeling about your squads heading into both seasons? We're less than a month away from kicking off. Um, where do you guys expect that you'll you'll fall? And, uh, you know, what should we expect from Dakota Fusion on the field in 2021, Tyler? I'm hoping we're at the top. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be a fun season. I think we're going to have uh, a lot of players that come in that um, from different backgrounds. So we'll have a diverse, uh, you know, kind of playing style or, uh, you know, different ways that we can play, which I think is exciting. Um yeah, I mean, uh, it's a lot of the guys will be kind of coming in here over the next couple of weeks. So we'll have kind of a good a couple of weeks to train together as a team, which will be, um, you know, good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm personally excited to see yeah. uh, everyone show up. And, you know, this is my first season here. So this is kind of a everything I'm taking in is very new, but it's a it's 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 exciting. So we'll. We'll see when the guys come in and once we get to training, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see, uh, you know, the talent that we have. Now, obviously you have goals and benchmarks and expectations for, for on the field for both teams heading into the 2021 season, but, but off the field, what, what are you looking to accomplish this year um, in terms of maybe it's community, maybe it's building your brand. Um, you know, what are the focuses off the field as we head further into 2021? You know, I will say it's more like building our brand and also building relationship with the businesses. So our goal is to provide uh, as much facilities as possible to our kids. So help them in performing good. Uh, we have some we have some facilities in Fargo, but honestly, we are still behind. We're trying. To, we our goal is to build the relationship with the other clubs in Minnesota around, as well as with universities to make sure that we can learn from each other, grow with each other and assist each other. So really at this stage, we want to put more of ourselves out there and then make sure that we build those bridges with the organizations. Our goal is we were a little bit behind because of COVID last year and then Tyler being starting in January of this year, but uh, we, are, we are planning to hit the ground running uh, started August when we when we're done with this season at the end of July, so we had a lot of plans. Obviously, we want to we we always do things for the communities. Like last year or before COVID, 
uh, I say last year, but it's year before, we actually set up uh, uh, after our program, after program free of charge for the kids in uh, uh, middle schools or grade wow. schools. And we did for many of the kids average, sometimes we have 40 kids coming training with us for, for, for a full hour. To also, uh, these are the kids, some of them would never even touch the soccer ball. Um, and again, these are the kids who can't afford to play soccer uh, or any kind of sport. So we were very excited to do that. We want to repeat the same thing year after year for our kids in this community. Uh, we were able to do it in uh, part of Moorhead last uh, year before, but this year we want to further expand it. And the good part is we educate our kids in such a way that any local kids who play with us, whether they're reserve or they're NPSL, they're ready to be part of that um, volunteer work. And we set their expectations right and they really play a very important role. And kids look up to them and become their role model. And we want to do that year after year for this community. Very cool. And speaking of that community, what is the, what is the soccer community like in the Fargo-Moorhead area? Um, you know, uh, do you guys, the, the introduction of the Code of Fusion, has it kind of provided a spark in terms of soccer interest? And just what all, what overall is that? I mean, are there, you know, EPL supporters groups? Are there bars that host viewing parties for games in normal times? You know, uh, are, do you see a lot of, uh, you know, soccer jerseys and merchandise out and about in, nor in normal times? Kind of what is that overall soccer atmosphere and community like in your area, um, just, just in general? We have really strong soccer community. Means I tell you, we have, I think one time somebody was telling me they're like, you know, you being Fargo Morehead is not as big as Minneapolis. You, you understand course, that. But yeah. in there, we still have, a, um, we have very strong, these clubs which we have, they have a very good membership on that. The community is pretty strong. Now, um, I will say from our side, we have to improve how we can, uh, um, more educate people about Dakota Fusion and what we're doing in this community. But we have a, a set number of people who follow us and all this stuff, but we don't, we want to build it furthermore. Being as few of us, I think uh, it was difficult, a lot of volunteer workers, but now this year, as we are adding more staff and we are building more relationship, I think we will see more improvement in that. But uh, the community is great to have soccer. Tyler is kind of a kind of a younger guy in that community. Um, what are you seeing in terms of you know people your age, kind of the interest that they have in soccer um, and the interest that they have in maybe supporting a club like the the Dakota Fusion? What are you seeing that club support? You know how how has it looked in your short tenure there, and what kind of support are you guys expecting from the community heading into this season? Considering we're in a post pandemic world, um, you know what's that going to be like in your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that uh, we have obviously great turnout at all of our games and stuff like that. Um, coming from, um, you know, Twin Cities, uh, obviously it, uh, it's a little bit different just because the community is smaller in general. Um, but uh, the people that I've interacted with, I mean, do have interest in the sport and they're, you know, uh, excited about, you know, the club and having a, a season again. Um, I don't have a whole lot of... Uh, kind of comparison just because I, this is my first year here. Um, but, um, you know, from the people that I've connected with and as I'm kind of getting more accustomed to this community as well, um, you know, there's definitely an interest and uh, an excitement. Um, I think this community is cool just because they, 
they rally around the things that they have. Uh, my wife's from North Dakota and, um, you know, growing up in the Twin Cities, you have your every single professional sports team um, that you can think of, right? You have kind of the, the ocean in terms of sports, if you will. Um, and from here, my, my perspective coming into Fargo is that they're really appreciative of the things that are local. So, you know, um, I, I think with us, it's just a, another local team that they can, you know, kind of grab onto and rally behind, if that makes sense. Yep, um, which is another reason I, I was really interested in taking the position as well is, um, you know, I, I just know that this community kind of jumps on board and really rallies around the things that are, are, are in the community. Definitely. Now, I kind of want to give you guys the floor here to wrap up. How can people get in touch with, learn more about, and just kind of overall support Dakota Fusion? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the, the big things uh, we have, we're on Instagram, um, uh, Dakota Fusion FC, uh, Facebook at Dakota Fusion, Twitter at Dakota Fusion FC. Our website is uh, uh, something that we're actively working on and getting, you know, up-to-date content out there. Um, so that's uh, www.dakotafusionfc.com. Um, so those are kind of the big channels that we're relying right now on. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, contact information if people have questions or is on our website. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, reaching out to any of our social media platforms. Um, that's another way that we can engage with with fans and, you know, people in our community. All right. Tyler Epping, executive director, Sajid Gori the owner and general manager of Dakota Fusion FC, competing in both the NPSL and WPSL. Less than a month away from kickoff for both seasons, guys. Ready or not, here it comes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast this week. I appreciate it. Hey, thank yeah, thank you. you. That interview on 10,000 Pitches was presented by our friends at PodMN. I want you to go to your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store, whatever kind of phone you have, and type in PodMN, P-O-D-M-N. Hit that download button. And when you go there, I want you to search for Minnesota soccer. You will find that in that dropdown, you have all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts right there in one place. I'm looking right now. We have Sound of the Loons, Crafty Rogues, Equal Time Soccer. Uh, we call it soccer. The Minnesota Soccer Podcast, 55-1, the Daves I Know, all right there. One-stop shopping for all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts. And also, I got to admit, 10,000 Pitches is on there too. And it's more than just soccer. It's more than just sports. They have Vikings, Twins, Gophers, Timberwolves podcasts. They have local true crime story podcasts, local news podcasts, local entertainment podcasts from Minnesota creators, Minnesota podcasters, all in one app. And I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. The best part is that you can actually win prizes just for listening to podcasts. Go to your Apple App Store or Google Play Store, download PodMN, and go to PodMN.com to learn more. Thanks again to both Daniel Haggerty, owner and GM of Sioux Falls, and then uh, Tyler Epping, the executive director, and Sajid Gori, the owner of Dakota Fusion. Uh, two great conversations there. Again, very grateful for their time. All right, moving back to Wisconsin now in the WPASL, the Wapassel, eight clubs in the league this year, and now it's time to give our predictions. And these are a little bit different than our normal predictions because with the NPSL and the UPSL, there were no seasons last year, right? So we were kind of basically guessing on both of those, uh, both of those fronts. So we could be very wrong uh, either way on those. But with Wapassel, 
it is a bit different because there was a season last year. It was a condensed season, but they had an actual legitimate season over there. So we do have a bit more context to go off of this time around. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I'll go eight to one. Um, so number one, uh, got the Jets. The you number eight, you got the Jets. What did I say? Did I say number one? one? Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, like eight, eight. That's eight. I got the Jets. Um, Pasta seven Jets, to be exact. Yep. Seven. I got Spartan FC at number seven. The yep. two new teams coming in last. Um, I would be very welcome if they proved me wrong, but I, I do. Th- it's tough, you know, it's a competitive league. Uh, yeah, but so- there is there is precedent for for new teams doing well, right? Lobos uh, finished second last year in their inaugural season, but I mean, the the, the top of the Wapassel is is very strong, and so you know, again, we just don't have context on these clubs, so it's hard to rank them anywhere near the top when we don't really know much, right? Exactly. Um, six Midanimo. Five, St. Croix. Uh, four, Baron. Three, Hayward. Uh, then number two again, Lobos. And uh, I think Bateau's, uh defending at number one. I know they they're, they lost uh, Josh, league MVP, last year. They got uh, some other people in and out. Um, but I still uh, have them repeating. All right. So I, too, have the newbies at eight and seven. I have Spartan in the eighth spot, Poskin Jets in the seventh spot. Don't take those at face value at all. Again, the only reason we, I have them at the bottom is because I don't you know. We don't know anything about them yet. We haven't seen them play a single solitary second. So uh, that's that's why I have those there. FC Minimo at number six, St. Croix Valley, who were bottom dwellers in the uh, in the. Uh, in the table last year, I do think they will make some noise. Um, you know, fifth last year and fifth this year are two very different things with, uh, with the additions of the, of the clubs with the two new clubs and, uh, just the overall strength of Wapasso kind of growing year after year. So I do have them finishing fifth, but that is not a knock. I think it will be a very strong fifth place showing for St. Croix Valley. Um, Hayward Wolfpack, kind of same thing. They did finish fourth last year. I do have them finishing fourth again this year, but again, very strong fourth place finish for Hayward Wolfpack. Uh, three, I have Baron standing pat to where they were last year. And then I have the top two flipped from last year. So Bateau defending champions. I have them finishing second in the table. Um, the loss of Josh Balsiger to Med City FC, the league MVP, I think is big. Um, they do have a couple of other injuries as well for key players. So I, uh, you know, I don't know. That's going to be tough to overcome. And with Lobos, like we mentioned, last year was their first season and they finished second and were two points off the top of the table. And teams like that, they, they seem to just continue that ascension. You know, they don't seem to, to drop down too often. So um, I think because of uh, those hurdles that Bateau will have to face and because of the continued quality that I expect Lobos to kind of, you know, I expect them to be better, to be better this year than they were last year. And I can't really say the same about Bateau. So that's why I have Lobos overtaking them into that one spot and winning the WPASL. Yeah, I, I think those are, are all valid reasons. I think it'll be it'll be a fun year of uh, of soccer. Um and and yeah, I think from what I've seen though, a lot of these teams are really adding to like infrastructure. Like we've seen logo changes. Obviously Bateau's doing the store with us. Uh Bateau's also like they're they're now gonna be playing in Eau Claire on a turf field, like for practices and games. Like awesome. It, it's these little things that are adding to the infrastructure of these clubs that I think, you know, ultimately um, 
like, like you know, it's the little things, right? And and I think that's exciting for the players, fans, and and everyone. So. Definitely. And as we previously mentioned, the league kicks off May 16th with all eight teams in action. If you want to see the schedule, just go to WPASLsoccer.com. All right, Ethan, cue us up a little nice review, would you? All right. Well, we're, we're back to the fun, nice reviews here. Um, so in honor of uh, the loons kicking off their season, I looked up loons on amazon and i found a movie from 2018 um it's an hour and 16 hour and 16 minutes long uh starring jeff medley taylor lennox and maya wayne um it's a horror any of those people are yeah i i couldn't i just i i read them i don't know who they are Are, Um, do you see their pictures like do it even look familiar yeah no i can't I, i just clicked on the first guy and all everything else he's in i've never heard of um fair enough anyways movie it's called loon l-o-o-n it's on amazon but not available to watch in my location surfshark vpn sure that's right surfshark vpn um after his father passes away in a car accident taylor is left a cabin in the remote wilderness of montana that unbeknownst to him has been in his father's family for over 30 years He and his wife, Anne, decide to visit the cabin on their honeymoon when they must cancel their initial plans. Upon arrival, arrival, their neighbor Chuck becomes an unsettling presence with ulterior motives. I'm kind of sold. That kind of sounds good. That's interesting. So anyways, uh, so I'm either going to read a review from that was left on this movie on Amazon. Or I'm going to read a nice review. And okay? I have to choose which one I think and, it is. And you got to tell me which one you think it is. Okay. Um, Hit me. Okay. First one. Um, it's from Tammy. And I'm just. And it says. The ending sucks and makes no sense. Is that <laughs> a review for 10,000 Pitches a Podcast? Or uh, the movie Loon? It could honestly go either way. Which is why it's so funny. Um. I mean, the the betting money is on the movie. So, and you're not one to swerve me, Ethan. So I'm going to go with the movie. You got it. It's, <laughs> it's the movie. Although uh, that very does much apply to the podcast too. I could very, I would not be surprised if that was a review for the podcast. Like I said, my, yeah, I, I hope people stick around for the end of our podcast. There's some the good post stuff. credits of the podcast may be better than the actual podcast itself. I'll tell you that. That's. I don't know. Sounds about right. Um, all right. Um, Fantastic. Thank you, Ethan. Oh, you don't want another one? Sure. Let's do one more. Um, okay. A lot of people complaining about the ending of this movie. I feel like I need to watch it now. For what it has a three point four out of five stars on Amazon. For what it's, it's not worth. bad. But we, you can't actually watch it on Amazon. I wonder if the rest of the movie is like super good, and then the ending is just terrible. That's what it. That's kind of the vibes I'm getting from this um, unrealistic, stupid movie. Lizzie was not happy. She cannot believe she paid two ninety nine to watch that. Yeah, that's two ninety nine. She'll never get back. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Another review. Last one. It's either it's either from the movie or it's from our Apple Podcasts uh, website. Um, do not waste your time. That's it. 
Hmm. I don't know how many one-star reviews we have. I know we don't have many. And I can't imagine somebody being mean enough to leave that kind of review on our podcast. I can think of a couple people actually, but um, let's go with the movie. Movie. Yep. You got it. That is from the movie. Um, so yeah, that that's Loon uh, by Jeff Medley on Amazon. Um, there's there's o- there's other loons as well. Like there's a movie called Loons. I don't know. I guess it's is it about popular. the bird or is it about crazy people? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I that makes sense now. I'm guessing it's like a play on that word. You know, yeah. Like a pun. Is that a pun? No, it's not a pun. It's not really a pun. No. It's like uh, like what's double meaning called? Double meaning. I don't know. I think I think you, I think double meaning can pass. Yeah, okay. Because, like, yeah, oh, that's smart that you picked up on that. I didn't. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a steel trap up here, Ethan. It, you gra- that's what graduating college does. That's why I didn't get that. But That bachelor's degree really did well. All right. I'm gonna, I'll get there. I'll get there. Hopefully. All right. Before we go, do want to let you know that uh, if you're listening on Friday, tonight is the big one. Loon's opener in Seattle against the Sounders chance for some sweet, sweet revenge after getting eliminated in the playoffs in a very heartbreaking fashion last year. After the match, the debut of post loons, an exclusive stream from 10,000 pitches will be with Grant from the dummy run podcast and zone coverage loons reporter, Jacob Schneider. So myself, Grant and Jacob will be breaking down the game, offering our takes kind of recapping all the action. It's presented by night street soccer and coffee. Go to nightstreetmpls.com to book a field, you know, check out uh, how to get involved in $5 pickup. They're also having Ethan a watch party. So if you're listening before the game and you want to congregate somewhere in an open setting, you know, not necessarily cramped up in a bar, but in a very, very open setting, but be with people to watch the game. Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee is having a watch party for the game. They just ask, I mean, you can walk up if you want, but they do kind of want you to RSVP beforehand. So again, you can go to Ninth Street MPLS, N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S.com to do that. Big thanks to Ninth Street for uh, sponsoring the Post Loon stream, which again will go live on Twitter and YouTube, our Twitter and YouTube, uh, right after the game ends tonight, Friday night. Also, there may be a representative from 10K at Ninth Street for the big game. May or may not, you may or may not be seeing live content from Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee on our social channels Twitter, Instagram at 10K Pitches. Twitter is where you can find the live stream. Instagram is where you can find a lot of that content directly coming from Ninth Street. It's going to be a fun, fun night for the Loons opener, and I cannot wait. Also, Ninth Street's gonna have like some chicken there, like Nashville chicken. Yes, stuff. Nashville Co-op is going. It's a food truck that is like Nashville hot chicken. I have not had it, but it sounds amazing. So if you're interested in that, you're interested in watching some soccer with some friends, socially distanced, safely um go definitely go yeah, it, check it out it's, it's outside and they're like putting it on a big screen oh ethan another reason why friday is a significant day you know why uh it's the 16th which is no no it has nothing to do with the date it's just I got... a personal thing i'm getting my first vaccine baby all right there it is excited which one which one do you know i i don't know honestly don't know I'm uh yeah I'm getting my Microsoft chip in like uh um uh just kidding um no I'm <laughs> I, <laughs> um do you remember when that was like like 
Did mm-hmm. Bill Gates like do this to sell Microsoft? He's like, yep, guys, you got it. Um, uh, you really, yep, you you unveiled the big conspiracy. Congratulations. That'd be that would be that'd be wild. Like if he was just looking to move some product, he's like, all right, like I don't know. That that, that was such a leap. I don't know. Um, Anyways, and, but hey, yeah, that's exciting that you're getting vaccinated. Yes, I'm very um, happy. Also, yeah. my mom and dad are happy, so they can actually see me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. All right, go vaccines. Go vaccines, go loons. At 10K Pitches, Twitter and Instagram, check us out. Also on YouTube, the post loon stream coming tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the guys from Dakota Fusion and Sioux Falls Thunder. Thank you to Bateau. Thank you to Spam. Thank you to Night Street. Thank you to Surfshark. Thank you to Stimulus. But most importantly, I probably already said it, but thank you to you, the listeners. Couldn't be here without you. Wouldn't be here without you. And I very much appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. ratings uh both five stars um okay so uh this is a great game uh it's not that funny uh okay here we go vanessa set gave it a five stars this game is a blast played this n- new game on christmas eve and went to bed at 145 we couldn't stop playing so I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to buy it, but I just thought that was funny that I, I looked up famous-ish to like find famous people named Ish. And then you actually found a game called Famous-ish. And then I found a game called Famous-ish. That's... I wonder how many how much traffic this game has gotten, how many purchases this game has got because of similar searches. I would hope a lot. Like, yeah. But I don't know who's looking up Famous-ish, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe more than we think, but less than, you know, less than, I don't know. Anyways.